Now that the gloomy shadow of the earth leaps from the Antarctic world onto the sky and dims the welkin with her pitchy breath, Faustus, begin thine incantations and try if devils will obey thy hest, seeing thou hast prayed and sacrificed to them. Within this circle is Jehovah's name. Forward and back. You are listening to the voice of Robert M. Culp in Christopher Marlowe's Elizabethan tragedy, Dr. Faustus. A page from this afternoon's edition of Anthology. This is Gene Hamilton standing in for the vacationing Mr. Fleetwood. Each Sunday at 3, WNBC, in conjunction with the Poetry Center of the YM and YWHA, 92nd Street and Lexington Avenue in Manhattan, brings you Anthology, a selection of readings from poets, past and present, and the music to accompany their readings. This afternoon, by transcription, highlights from Christopher Marlowe's Dr. Faustus, starring Robert M. Culp, and Elaine Carroll. Christopher Marlowe, Shakespeare's most important predecessor in the English drama and the first great poet to use our modern English speech was born at Canterbury in 1564, the son of a shoemaker. He was educated at the King's School and later graduated from Bennett College. Upon receiving his degree, Marlowe moved to London to pursue the precarious career of a man of letters and playwright. His life was wild and irregular, but between barroom brawls and fly-by-night affairs of the heart, he found time to write a half-dozen plays, of which Dr. Faustus is the better known, although Edward II is considered to be his masterpiece. Marlowe died in a tavern fight at Deptford in 1593. He was just 29 years old. The tragical history of Dr. Faustus is based on the German story of Dr. Faustus, or Faust, a real person who lived in the early part of the 16th century and was believed to have sold himself to the devil. The version we will hear this afternoon was adapted and directed by Robert M. Culp and Elaine Carroll, two well-known members of the New York world of radio, stage, and television. As an experiment in mood music, we have elected to couple the very old with the very new. Just to pique your curiosity, we'll identify the musical score at the conclusion of the play. And now, highlights from the tragical history of Dr. Faustus.
not marching now in fields of Thrasmine, where Mars did mate the Carthaginians, nor sporting in the dalliance of love in courts of kings, where state is o'erturned, nor in the pomp of proud, audacious deeds, intends our muse to vaunt his heavenly verse. Only this, gentlemen, we must perform the form of Faustus' fortunes, good or bad. To patient judgments we appeal our applaud, and speak of Faustus in his infancy. Now is he born, his parents' base of stock, in Germany, within a town called Rhodes. Of riper years to Württemberg he went, whereas his kinsmen chiefly brought him up. So soon he profits in divinity the fruitful plot of scholarism graced that shortly he was graced with doctor's name, excelling all whose sweet delight disputes in heavenly matters of theology, till, swollen with cunning of a self-conceit, his waxen wings did mount above his reach, and, melting, heaven conspired his overthrow, for, falling to a devilish exercise, and glutted now with learning's golden gifts, he surfeits upon cursed necromancy. Nothing so sweet as magic is to him which he prefers before his chiefest bliss, and this the man that in his study sits. <laughs> the reward of sin is death. That's hard. Sipicasinagamus, falimur, et nulla est nobis veritas. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and there's no truth in us. Why then, belike we must sin and so consequently die. Aye, we must die an everlasting death. What doctrine call you this divinity? <laughs> Adieu. Ah, these metaphysics of magicians and necromantic books are heavenly. Lines, circles, scenes, letters and characters. Aye, these are those that Faustus most desires. Oh, what a world of profit and delight, of power, of honor, of omnipotence is promised to the studious magician. Emperors and kings are but obeyed in their several provinces, but his dominion that exceeds in this stretcheth as far as doth the mind of man. A sound magician is a mighty god. Wagner? Yes, sir? Commend me to my dearest friends, the German Valdes and Cornelius. Request them earnestly to visit me. I will, sir. Their conference will be a greater help to me than all my labors. Oh, Faustus, lay that damned book aside and gaze not on it, lest it tempt thy soul and heap God's heavy wrath upon thy head. Read, read the scripture. That is blasphemy. Go forward, Faustus, in that famous ark within all nature's treasure is contained. Be thou on earth as Jove is in the sky, Lord and commander of these elements. How oh, I am glad with conceit of this. Shall I make spirits fetch me what I please? I'll have them fly to India for gold, ransack the ocean for orient pearl, and search all corners of the newfound world for pleasant fruits and princely delicates. I'll have them read me strange philosophy and tell the secrets of all foreign kings. I'll have them wall all Germany with brass and make swift Rhine circle fair Wittenberg. I'll have them fill the public schools with silk wherewith the students shall be bravely clad. I'll levy soldiers with a the coin they bring and chase the Prince of Parma from our land and reign sole king of all the provinces. Valdez, sweet Valdez and Cornelius, 
Know that your words have won me at the last to practice magic and conceal it out. Philosophy is odious and obscure. Both law and physic are for petty wits. Divinity is basest of the three. It is magic. Magic that hath ravished me. Then, gentle friends, aid me in this attempt, and I will be as cunning as Agrippa was, whose shadows made all Europe honor him. Faustus, these books and thy wit and our experience shall make all nations to canonize us as Indian wars obey their Spanish lords. So shall the spirits of every element be always serviceable to us three. Like lions, they shall guard us when we please. Like black-lined giants trotting by our sides. Sometimes, like women or unwedded maids, shadowing more beauty in their airy brows than have the white breasts of the Queen of Love. From Venice shall they drag huge argosies, and from America the golden fleece that yearly stops old Philip's treasury. If Faustus will be resolute. Faustus, as resolute am I in this as thou to live. Then tell me, Faustus, what more shall we three want? Nothing, Cornelius. Oh, this cheers my soul. Come, show me, that I may have these joys in full possession. Faustus, first let him know the words, and then all other ceremonies learned. Faustus may try his cunning by himself. First, I'll instruct thee in the rudiments. Then wilt thou be perfecter than I? Ah, ah, then come and dine with me, and after meat, I'll try what I can do. This night I'll conjure, though I die, therefore. Faustus, must thy knees be damned, and canst thou not be saved? What boots it then to think of God or heaven? Away with such vain fancies, despair in God, and trust in Belzebub. Now go not backward, no, Faustus, be resolute. Why waverest thou? Oh, something soundeth in thine ears. Contrition, prayer, repentance, what of them? Oh, they are means to bring me unto heaven. Rather illusions, fruits of lunacy that make men foolish, that do trust the most. Sweet Faustus, think of heaven and heavenly things. No, Faustus, think of honor and of wealth. Of wealth? When Mephistopheles shall stand by me, what God can hurt thee? Faustus, thou art safe. Cast no more doubts. Come, Mephistopheles, and bring glad tidings from great Lucifer. It's not midnight. Veni, veni, Mephistopheles. Now tell me, what says Lucifer, thy lord? That I shall wait on Faustus whilst he lives, so he will buy my service with his soul. And write the deed of gift with his own blood. For that security craves great Lucifer. If thou deny it, I must back to hell. Stay, Mephistopheles, and tell me... What good will my soul do, thy lord? Enlarge his kingdom. Shall I have thy soul? And I will be thy slave and wait on thee and give thee more than thou hast wit to us. I, Mephistopheles, I give it thee. Then, Faustus, stab thine arm courageously and bind thy soul that at some certain day great Lucifer may claim it as his own and then be thou as great as Lucifer. Lo, Mephistopheles, for love of thee, I cut. Mine arm, mm -hmm. and with my proper blood, assure my soul to be great use of us. You hear the blood that trickles from my arm. But, Faustus, thou must write it in manner of a deed of gift. Aye, so I will. 
My blood congeals, but I can write no more. I'll fetch the fire to dissolve it straight. What might the staying of my blood portend? Is it unwilling I should write this bill? Here's fire. Come, Faustus, set it on. So, now the blood begins to clear again. Now will I make an end immediately. Oh, what will that I do to obtain his soul? Uh, Consumatum est. This bill is ended. And Faustus hath bequeathed his soul to Lucifer. What is this inscription on my arm? I'm a fugue. Whither should I fly? If under God you throw me down the hill, my senses are deceived. He has nothing with. I see it plain. Here in this place is writ. Homo fugat. Mm, I'll fetch him somewhat to delight his mind. Speak, Mephistopheles. What means this show? Nothing, Faustus, but to delight thy mind with all and to show thee what magic can perform. May I raise up spirits when I please? I, Faustus, can do greater things than thee. Then there's enough for a thousand souls. Here, Mephistopheles, receive this scroll, a deed of gift of body and of soul. Faustus, I swear by hell and Lucifer to effect all promises between us made. Then, hear me read them. On these conditions following. First, that Faustus may be a spirit in form and substance. Secondly, that Mephistopheles shall be his servant and at his command shall do for him and bring him whatsoever. That he shall be in his chamber or house, invisible. Lastly... That he shall appear to the said John Faustus at all times, in what form or shape, so e'er he please. I, John Faustus of Wittenberg, doctor by these presents, do give both body and soul to Lucifer, Prince of the East, and his minister, Mephistopheles, and furthermore, grant unto them that twenty-four years being expired, the articles above written in violet full power to fetch or carry the said John Faustus' body and soul, flesh, blood, or goods into their habitation wheresoever by me, John Faustus. Thee, wicked Mephistopheles, because thou hast deprived me of these joys. Why, Faustus, thinkst thou heaven is such a glorious thing? I tell thee, tis not half so fair as thou, or any man that breathes on earth. Ah, how proves thou that? Twas made for man, therefore is man more excellent. If it were made for man, it was made for me. I will renounce this magic and repent. How Christ my Savior saved distressed Faustus' soul. Just. Yes, none but I have interest in the same. Oh, who art thou that looks so terrible? I am Lucifer. Oh, Faustus. We are come to fetch away thy soul. We come to tell thee thou dost injure us. Thou talkst of Christ contrary to thy promise. Thou should not think of God. Think of the devil, and we will highly gratify thee. Faustus, we are come from hell to show thee some pastime. Sit down, and thou shalt see all the seven deadly sins appear in their proper shapes. <laughs> now, 
justice. Examine them of their several names and dispositions. What art thou the first? I am pride. I disdain to have any parents. I am like Ovid's flea. I can creep into every corner of a wench. Sometimes, like a periwig, I sit upon her brow. Or like a fan of feathers, I kiss her lips. Indeed, I do. What do I not? But fie, what a scent is here. I'll not speak another word except the ground were perfumed and covered with a cloth of amber. <laughs> what art thou, the second? I am covetousness, begotten of an old churl in an old leathern bag. And might I have my wish, I would desire that this house and all the people in it were turned to gold, that I might lock you up in my good chest. Oh, my sweet gold. <laughs> what art thou, the third? I am wrath. I am neither father nor mother. I left out of a lion's mouth when I was scarce half an hour old, and ever since I have run up and down the world with this case of rapiers, wounding myself when I had nobody to fight at all, I was born in hell, and look to it, for some of you shall be my father. <laughs> What art thou, the fourth? I'm envy, the cotton of a chimney sweep and an oyster wife. I cannot read and therefore wish all books were burnt. I'm lean with seeing others eat. Oh, that there might come a famine through all the world. They all might die, and I live alone. Then thou shalt see how fat I will be. But must thou sit, and I stand? Away, envious rascal. What art thou, the fifth? Who I, sir? <clears throat> I am... <clears throat> Gluttony. My parents are all dead and the devil a penny they left me, but a bare pension, and that is thirty meals a day and ten beavers, a small trifle to suffice nature. Oh, I come of a royal parentage. My grandfather was a gammon of bacon, my grandmother was a hogshead of claret wine, my godfathers were these, Peter Pickle Herring and Martin Martimus Beef. Oh, but my godmother, she was a jolly gentlewoman and well-beloved in every good town and city. Her name was Mistress Marjorie Marchby. Now, Faustus, thou hast heard all my progeny, wilt thou... Bid me to supper. No, I'll see thee hanged. Thou wilt eat up all my victuals. Then the devil choke thee. Ah, ah, choke thyself, Gutton. Who art thou, the sixth? I'm slot. I was begotten on a sunny bank where I've lain ever since. And you've done me great injuries to bring me from thence. Let me be carried thither again by gluttony and Lechery. I'll not speak another word for the king's ransom. What are you, Mistress Minx, the seventh and the last? Oh, I, sir? I'm the one that loves an inch of raw mutton better than an L of fried stockfish. And the first letter of my name begins with L. <laughs> away, away to hell. Now, Faustus. How dost thou like this? Oh, this feeds my soul. Oh, but Faustus, in hell is all manner of delight. Oh, might I see Helen return again? How happy were I then? Thou shalt. I will send for thee at midnight. In meantime, take this book, peruse it thoroughly, and thou shalt turn thyself into what shape thou wilt. Great thanks, mighty Lucifer. Farewell, Faustus, and think on the devil. Farewell, great Lucifer. Come, let In just a moment, more recorded highlights from The Tragical History of Dr. Faustus, starring Robert M. Culp and Elaine Carroll. After last week's repeat performance of a special Edna St. Vincent Millay program, 
we received a sizable batch of cards and calls asking for copies of the recording for classrooms and personal home use. Well, we took said inquiries to higher echelon, and here is their answer. If we receive a sufficient number of requests for the Edna St. Vincent Millay program, WNBC will have a special pressing made of the show, and it will be mailed to anyone who asks for it. If we do not receive enough requests, we will still be able to send out copies of the program, but we will have to charge the minimum fee for a copy of a transcription, which is in the vicinity of $18. As Sergeant Friday says, those are the facts, ma'am. The decision rests with you. To press or not to press depends entirely upon the number of requests we receive for the Edna St. Vincent Millay Memorial Program. Anthology naturally would be most delighted should the pressing be made. We think it might even lead to later pressings of other programs which have met or will meet with your approval. And now, the concluding scenes from Christopher Marlowe's Tragical History of Dr. Faustus, starring Robert M. Culp and Elaine Carroll. And I believe we will find the good doctor in a rather repentant mood after quite a few years of rather riotous living. Faustus had with pleasure taken the view of rarest things and royal courts of kings, he stayed his course, and so returned home. Chamber fella, had I lived with thee then, had I lived still, but now I die eternally. Look, come with me not, come with me not. What means, Faust? Belike he has grown into some sickness by being over solitary. If it be so, we'll have physicians to cure him. A tisbury servant, never fear a man. A servant of deadly sin that hath damned both body and soul. Yet, Faustus, look up to heaven. Remember, God's mercies are infinite. But Faustus' offense never can be pardoned. The serpent that tempted Eve may be saved, but not Faustus. Oh, gentlemen, hear me with patience and tremble not in my speeches. Oh, would I had never seen Wittenberg, never read book. And what wonders I have done, all Germany can witness, yea, all the world, for which Faustus? At last, both Germany and the world, yea, heaven itself, and must remain in hell forever. Sweet friends... What shall become of Faustus being in hell forever? Yet Faustus call on God. On God, whom Faustus hath abjured, whom Faustus hath blasphemed. Oh, my God, I would weep, but the devil draws in my tears. He stays my tongue. I would lift my hand, but see, they hold them. They hold them. Who, Faustus? Lucifer and Mephistopheles, gentlemen. I gave them my soul for my coming. God forbid. God forbid it indeed, but Faustus hath done it. 
For vain pleasure of 24 years has fastest lost eternal joy and felicity. I writ them a bill with mine own blood. The day it is expired, the time will come and he will fetch me. Why did not Faustus tell us of this before? The divines might have been prayed for thee. Thou hast gone too far, old friend, in these dark arts. We did not intend thou shouldst have gone so far. The devil threatened to tear me in pieces if I named God, to fetch both body and soul, if I once gave ear to divinity. And now it is too late. Gentlemen, away, lest you perish with me. What shall we do to save Faustus? Talk not of me, but save yourselves and depart. God will strengthen me. I will stay with Faustus. Tempt not God, sweet friend, but let us into the next room and there pray for him. I pray for me. And what noise so are ye here? Come not unto me, for nothing can rescue me. Pray thou, and we will pray that God may have mercy upon thee. Gentlemen, farewell. If I live till morning, I'll visit you, if not... Faustus is in hell. Ah, Faustus, now hast thou but one bare hour to live, and then thou must be damned perpetually. Stand still, you are the moving spheres of heaven, that time may cease and midnight never come. Fair nature's eye, rise, rise again, and make perpetual day on this hour. Be but a year, a month, a week, a natural day, that Faustus may repent and save his soul. Still time on the clock will strike, the devil will come, and Faustus must be damned. Oh, I'll leap up to my God, who pulls me down. See, see where Christ's blood streams in the firmament. One drop will save my soul, half a drop. Oh, my Christ. Oh, and nothing I find him by Christ. Yet will I call on him. Oh, spare me, Lucifer. Where is it now? It's on. See where God stretches out his arm and bends his eyeful brows. Mountains and hills come, come and fall on me and hide me from the heavy wrath of God. No, no, then will I run headlong into the earth. You stars that bring up my nativity, whose influence has a lot of death and hell. Now draw out the into a foggy mist, into the interest of yon laboring clouds, that when you vomit forth into the air, my limbs may issue from their sloping mouths, so that my soul may but ascend to heaven. will all be past now, O oh God. If thou wilt not have mercy on my soul, yet for Christ's sake, whose blood hath ransomed me, impose some end to my incessant pain. Let Faustus be in hell a thousand years, a hundred thousand, and at last be saved. Oh, end is limited to damned souls. Why not a creature wanting soul, for when they die, their souls are soon dissolved in elements. But mine must live, still to be plagued in hell. Cursed be the parents that engendered me. Faustus, curse thyself. Curse Lucifer that hath deprived thee of the joys of heaven. Strikes. Now, body, turn to air, or Lucifer will bear thee quick to hell. Let me be the while. Ugly hell, did not. Come not, Lucifer. I'll burn my books. Let me stop at this.
is the branch that might have grown full straight, and burned is Apollo's laurel bough that sometime grew within this learned man. Faustus is gone. Regard his hellish fall, whose fiendful fortune may exhort the wise only to wonder at unlawful things, whose deepness doth entice such forward wits to practice more than heavenly power permits. And so, Anthology, number 26, The Tragical History of Dr. Faustus, starring Robert M. Culp and Elaine Carroll. We warned you that our supplementary music was very new. We weren't leading you astray. It was drawn from Leith Stevens' interesting score for the motion picture Destination Moon, a 14th century play, music from the 21st century. Next week, Fleetwood returns to Anthology, to bring you a great voice, a great American actor. You are cordially invited to hear The Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam, read by the late Canada Lee. Anthology comes to you each Sunday at this time with the cooperation of the Poetry Center of the YM and YWHA, 92nd Street and Lexington Avenue in Manhattan. John Malcolm Brennan, Director. The program is produced by Steve White, written and directed for WNBC by Draper Lewis. And now until next Sunday at 3, this is Gene Hamilton wishing you good luck and good reading. <laughs>